Scripture reading for our meditation today is taken from the Gospel of St. John, the 21st chapter, beginning with verse 15. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This he spoke, signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, Follow me. These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your truth. We pray that you would strengthen our faith through them. Amen. Back in 2009, the most famous athlete in the world, Tiger Woods, had a tremendous fall in the public eye. This man who was married and had always projected to be such a family man and had a couple of children, it was suddenly discovered that he had numerous other women around the country with whom he was having affairs. And this all hit the public and the media at the same time and he had to step aside from his golf career for nearly a year. And CNBC, business channel, estimated that Tiger Woods lost $23 million in endorsements that year and went through a very public divorce. To this day, still has to fly to another country to visit his children. But during that time, there was an ESPN commentator in a sports channel who was, they were talking about what he should do to try to regain his, regain his uh, reputation and so on. And there was an ESPN commentator that made a very interesting statement. He said, I think Tiger Woods should turn to Christianity because it is a religion of redemption. The Christian community would embrace him if he was truly sorry. That's quite a statement. The Christian religion is a religion of redemption. When we see the story in front of us of St. Peter, again talking with Christ now, the resurrected Christ, it's very obvious what's going on here to us, that in the same way that Peter had denied Christ three times, as Jesus had predicted, that here now, Jesus is asking him these three questions, do you love me? It reminds us of how Jesus had looked at him in the courtyard that night when Peter was around the fire. Jesus must have been walking through uh, during the time of his arrest, probably had guards with him and maybe chains on his wrists. And we're told he looked straight at Peter and Peter had gone out and wept bitterly. The eyes of Christ looked right down into his 
conscience. I always wonder what, those, what that look must have been like. Let's, let's never mistakenly think that God isn't watching and hearing everything in our lives, that he isn't aware of what's going on around us and with us and in us. It's not as though we can hide in anonymity. Our moms and dads, probably especially our moms, had the ability to look out into a crowd of people if you were their child and spot you and give you a look that could go right down inside of you, penetrate down into your conscience. And yet, we see Christ here restoring Peter, treating him so gently and speaking to him and restoring him. And it's this very same Peter who had asked Jesus about how often should we forgive people? Seven times? Seems like a lot. And Jesus gave him that answer, 70 times seven. In other words, it should just keep going on. And that truly is a picture of the Christian faith for us. Uh, how wonderful it is that God's grace continues day after day to forgive us of all the things that we do wrong. And as we see Jesus reinstate Peter, <clears throat> it is a, uh, a reminder of this wonderful redemptive work of the Christian faith that Christ has come to do for us. And the cleansing nature of repentance. When we in our hearts are sorry for our sins and come back to Christ and, and seek his word and so on. This is such a, such a beautiful religion that we have in front of us. Our, our, our religion is saturated with forgiveness. That's what Christianity is based upon. It's not based upon how good you are. It's based upon the forgiveness in the heart of God. And it is the essence of mercy. It's the essence of allowing people to recover and, and to rebound, if you will, back into God's grace. The very champion of our religion is known as a savior above everything else. His name means savior. Our chief symbol cleanses us. Our chief symbol cleanses us at our most guilty moments. Our sanctuaries, our spiritual hospitals for people that need God's grace and forgiveness. And the primary medicine that is dispensed here is mercy from God. Even, even among the best of Christians, who people in the Christian community would say, wow, what a wonderful Christian person. Even among them, they're, they're all hurting inside with things that they know that they've done wrong. And there are many Christians who have made horrible messes of their lives. They've messed up their families. They've messed up relationships. They've messed up their own reputations. Sometimes they've lost their jobs because of their foolishness and their sin. And yet, they still come to find they still come to find healing in the wounds of Jesus. I always wonder, how did this conversation that we're hearing in our text that Jesus had with Peter, how did this live on in his memory? How often did he think back to how Jesus looked at him that day or the tone of voice that Jesus was using with him? And I, I often wonder too, at what point in the conversation did it start to click with Peter? Okay, I see what he's doing. At what point did it, it suddenly make him realize that, that Christ was using this way of conversing with him to forgive him and restore him? Don't be surprised if in your life, and maybe God's already done this, don't be surprised if God drags you out of the depths of your sin 
and pulls you from the dredges of denying him and picks you up and cleans you off and sends you out even to do his work. And as, he, as we see with Peter, he even takes him and puts him at the tip of the spear of his mission. Many people have been reclaimed and restored by the work of the Holy Spirit, who plucks us off of the junk pile of our sin and wickedness, our unbelief, our times that we disobey God and fall into immoral living, only to be cleansed by the grace of his word. And he once again sanctifies us. He once again makes you a saint, puts on you the righteous robe of his son. And he doesn't merely put you back in his army. Sometimes, sometimes he'll even make you a commander, even a general. I've had a, a number of times as a pastor when I've gone to visit people, a few times in a prison and sometimes in jails, even here in Mankato. And it's interesting how how the officers, the wardens and so on that are there to take care of the prisoners, they're very welcoming of pastors. And they're very cooperative. Uh, they're, they're, very, they're very willing to help, help you uh, go about your work when you're there to visit people. And I think one of the reasons is they see through the years this redemptive quality of the Christian faith, that there's a way of renewing people back into a better life. Christianity is not defined by a perfect people. Christianity is a perfect savior. And Christ has not chosen to take perfect angels and send them out to do his bidding. He hasn't fashioned some new kind of creature to be the one to carry his mission of forgiveness out into the world. But instead, he uses people who need that forgiveness more than anybody. He uses people who are weak, who are sinful, who have fallen, who have made mistakes in their lives, who have a past that is just dripping with guilt, and he cleanses them, and he sends them out, and he puts them in front of people so that when they preach his grace and forgiveness and, and talk to people about going to heaven through Christ, the people listening can look at them and say, well, if he can go there, I guess I can too. That's why God uses weak, sinful people like Peter and anybody else that he places in the public ministry. There's an old saying that goes like this. It will never hurt the congregation to see their pastor reaching for the gospel with the same trembling hand that they are. And that'll be true for you someday as a parent too. Okay? It will never hurt your kids someday to see you reaching for the cross of your Savior with the same trembling hand that your child will need to. Or maybe a friend that you talk to in the workplace. I'd like to close with just a, a, a very familiar Bible passage and remind us that this comes from the pen of St. Peter. And to think about this incident with Peter and how he understood this as well when he wrote it by God's inspiration. He says to Christians, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. How, how wonderful it is to live in that marvelous light.
Amen. Please rise as we join in our Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now may the God of your baptism, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit bless and preserve you. Go in his peace. Amen. <laughs>